We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted, the film show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Welcome to Unscripted, the film show for another week. Uh, I'm here with Lewis. Hello. Uh, We've got quite a full week, really. You've seen a plethora of things. Uh, I've seen stuff and it sounds impressive, but it's only, it's been over like several weeks where they've like screened things early and uh, and I couldn't talk about them uh, then, but I can talk about them now. Well, that's that's, that's helpful. I know. I myself um, have not seen a whole lot of stuff. But that's that uh, is not a hundred percent true. I do have stuff to talk about. It's just that it's all stuff that is currently on Stan, not at the cinemas. Well, that's fair enough. That uh, it's a valid form of entertainment and uh, and movies. I believe that like even some Oscars weren't on uh, big screens; they were just on small screens. So mm. yeah, it's it's it's, it's fairly valid. Yeah. Um, so there's a reason behind my um, watching a whole lot of Stan stuff is that I. I'm trying to watch as much as possible uh, before Saturday, which is when it renews, uh, and I want to cancel my sus- subscription before Saturday. So You want a snit can stand. Yeah. Which I, I, would be a, another well word done. I would have used, but I, I cleaned it up. Nicely, um, nicely done. But, yeah, but you do know you can just cancel stand now mm-hmm. and you'll still have it there until Saturday, so you don't have to remember to cancel on Saturday. Ah, uh, yes, but... The thing is, I'm scared to cancel it because what if I decide there's still things I want to watch right. and then I'll just let it go for another month. Well, you could do the thing because we, we cancelled Stan mm. uh, and then uh, after a little while they're like, oh, why didn't you come back? I'll be your friend. Have another month for free. Oh. And so we went, okay, Stan, we will. Thank you very much. Then forgot to cancel it and then paid for an extra month. So, yeah, it's... Uh, that, that's better than me. I kept it for six months mm-hmm. once without even realising I had it still. So I oh. didn't watch anything in that six months. It just happened to be that I was looking through my paid subscriptions. And I was like, huh, oops. <laughs> well, you, you ain't getting value for money there. No, no, I certainly wasn't. Um, but we've got to... Because <laughs> they know your activity as well. Like, the, the, the job of... Like, the, shh, don't tell yeah, her. The job no of, marketing to this woman. Yeah, the job of an accountant is Dan is just to sit there laughing at all the people paying and not actually... It's like, you know people who uh, have all the best intentions mm-hmm. and they get a gym membership and then they go like once or twice yep. and then they stop going, but they've always got that thing... So, that, like... 
60% of people who get gym memberships. Exactly. I think gyms... Might even be more. I think gyms count on that uh, to, to fund the gyms, uh, which is weird though because like the, the gym I go to, they most of the people there are paying like weekly, I think, and so there's a direct debit that comes out weekly. So surely if you see that coming out every week and you're not going to the gym, you would just cancel your gym membership. Yeah, well... Then they're like, oh, I'll go next week. <laughs> Cause, cause Kat, I guess. Yeah, because Kat and I pay yearly so we can just like you know, get it out of the way. Uh, but we actually do do go to the gym. Well, we generally do go to the gym, although this morning we didn't. Uh, and the reason was is I went and saw Halloween Kills last night. So Halloween ends, ends. last night. That's right. And then uh, I got home by 9 o'clock and it was imperative that we watched Andor before going to bed because new Star Wars must watch it while it's fresh. Andor. So we were talking off air about the things that you had watched during the week. You didn't mention that. Well, Andor, like, I think I've mentioned Andor on the show before because it is, it's like it's fifth or sixth episode now. Oh, okay. So, but it is dropping every every Wednesday night. Uh, so we watched Andor, and then I went, "Oh, look, there's a there's a, another episode of Welcome to Wrexham." And Kat was like, "Well, can we watch it?" And it was ten o'clock by this point in time, and so we went, "Oh, yeah, okay, fine." So we watched it, and it's a surefire sign if we do not hit the pillow by ten o'clock, we are not getting up for the gym in the morning. Ah. So the alarm went off. And I said to Kat, "We go to the gym," and she went. Maybe, no. and then and I went okay, cool. So I went to the the toilet. Sorry to be to be uh, graphic. I just had to like. Set oh, that's the scene. horribly graphic. Stop, stop! I yeah. can't listen anymore. And and I like uh, came back to bed, and Cat was like, "Right, we're gonna do this thing." And I went, "No." Nah. <laughs> <laughs> As we went back to bed. Oh well, yeah. the, these things happen. It is. I I honestly don't know how people get up as early as you do to go to the gym because it's. I'm not a morning person. I will hit that snooze button as many times as I can, mainly because I'm a bit of an insomniac. So um, well, what last do- night I got four hours yeah. sleep, so it was a win. <laughs> what I do is uh, my phone and my watch are in the kitchen and when the alarm goes off in the kitchen, I can't just reach over and turn it off. Oh. I've got to get out of bed, go to the kitchen and then get my phone and watch and then usually I'll go like, you know, just, just for a wee or something like that because, you know, that's what I like to do in the morning. Uh, and uh, and then like it's at that point in time where... I think most people do that. It's okay. It's yeah. not something you like to do. It's probably something your body has to do. True, true. Uh, and so, yeah, and then you make that decision. Like am I going to be the person who goes to the gym or am I going to be going back to bed? And it just really depends on, you know, what time my head hit the pillow as to whether I'm going to, you know, get that extra... S- Hour of sleep or uh, or get myself to the gym. Mm. Well, I went for a 9K bike ride yesterday because nice. I bought myself a bike. But you're, you're like, you like live on a, a nice bike path that could take you all the way to Mandra. I know, I know. So when, um, when's a big yeah, Mandra bike ride? Oh, oh, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> um, that's a very long drive. I mean, ride. Right. Um, so what you need to get is one of those electric bikes where you can pedal and then when you get knackered... The motor kicks in and you just like that defeats the purpose. I don't know because well, the thing is, right? I've always thought the uh, when you go on a bike ride, right? Mm. You're going, you're, you're riding along and you're you're really enjoying it, but you get to a point and you got to return and come back home again. Mm. And the uh, the the return, if you're going in a straight line, is as long as the bike ride itself, and that's always the knackering part. So I figure you just it ride depends. and ride and ride until you you're done. 
And you go, okay, cool. And then you just like use the motor all the way home. And then you just enjoy. You just look 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 at the things you missed while you're pedaling. Like all the that concentration. I mean, you can get like a, a bit of speed up and then let your legs rest and you glide for a bit. Um, it, and it also depends. Yesterday I was riding into the wind mm, on the way out, mm. and on the way home it was. Um, you know, I had the wind behind me. So it was a, thankfully, because it was a lot easier riding home than it was riding out. So, um, yeah. Mm. I, I'm surprised, like, the, you, you know, all those people with scooters and stuff like that? Yes. Like, apparently, like, I can understand not being able to take trains on, not trains, bikes on the trains at peak hour because mm-hmm. they take up a lot of room. But the scootery type things, I thought they, they seem great, but apparently you can't take scooters on trains in, in peak hour either. Can't you, like, fold them up? Some you can, I think, but there's right. some real, real hardcore like scooter things. Like there's someone at the gym we go to; they've got their uh, their scooter like locked against a pole inside the gym, and this thing looks like it could go off road. It was right. pretty phenomenal. They probably have to have like a blanket ban so that if if someone has like a souped up one mm, that mm, doesn't fold, yeah, they they can't come on. Yes, they, they should so. have they should have like uh, train friendly ones that you're allowed to like you know jump on and just like scoot to your train and mm. it's 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 all good. So yeah, or they could just have better public transport like you know, buses like that are convenient to jump on and take you to the nearest train station. Ah, oh. oh, look, don't. <laughs> You're dreaming. Yeah. It'll, it'll Tell ha- him he's dreaming. It'll happen one day. It'll happen um, one day. So we are going to talk about movies at some point today. Because it is uh, October, uh, there are a couple of... The sp- happiest time of year. Spooky Halloween-type movies coming out. Um, you saw Halloween Ends, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, the last movie in the Halloween series, you would think. I'm sure it's the last one and there'll never be another movie called Halloween with Michael Myers in it ever again. <laughs> um, you also saw Mona Lisa in the Blood Moon. I don't know if that's like Halloweeny, but it certainly sounds Halloweeny. You saw A Taste of Hunger. I don't know what that's about, but um, I'm just going to assume, you know, flesh-eating animals. Um, sure, you can correct me after. Uh, Werewolf by Night on Disney. That sounds Halloween-y. It is. You saw Hocus Pocus 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been binge-watching Ghosts. So there's a few Halloweeny type things going on. But we might um, hit the hit the, the sponsor and come back and uh, actually review something. Excellent. Sound good? Sounds like a plan. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show... So let's talk about this um, flesh-eating animal that's in The Taste of Hunger. Right, okay. Uh, so I've got to uh, correct you there. Righto. Uh, Taste of Hunger, not a horror film. Not a horror film. But you are not the first person to make that mistake. I was. Ah. I said I said to Kat, uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to go see this film tonight, uh, Taste of Hunger. Um, it's probably a horror film, so you probably won't want to come. And then, uh, like any good husband, I actually Googled uh, A Taste of Hunger to see what it was about. I went, oh, Actually, hang on a tick. This is right up your alley. It's about uh, food and restaurants and Michelin stars. I mean, technically, we do eat flesh in in those that, kind of things. It's just it's not human flesh. That is very true. Very true. Um, no long pig. <clears throat> no, quite right. Uh, so, a taste of hunger is uh, a. I think it is Swedish. Um, oh, Swedish, a Swedish film. But it was part of the Scandinavian Film Festival. Oh, of course. I do remember that name now. Oh, no. I knew it sounded familiar. Not Swedish, Danish. Ah, yeah. Um, very, very different. 
because uh, yeah, because we've all seen the Swedish Chef on the Muppets, uh, and, and these guys are much better chefs than that. Right, and I believe in Sweden it's called the Danish <laughs> Chef. I don't know if that's fully true, but it's probably called a different country. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they know. If anyone's <laughs> told them? Oh dear. I wonder if they still get away. I wonder if they still get away with that in this this day and age. Oh yeah, I'm, I think the Swedish Chef still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, now, so a taste of hunger. Uh, it is. Um, it's well. It stars um, Nicole ja Costa Waldu. Now, I completely uh, ruined his name. Then I apologise to anyone uh, who speaks uh, Danish. Um, uh, but uh, most people would know him better as Jamie Lannister from the Game of Thrones. Apart from me, obviously. Apart from you who's never seen Game of Thrones, yes. yes. The 10% now, of people in the world who haven't seen it. Yes. Uh, and uh, Catherine Gliss Rosenthal, hey, her name, much easier to pronounce, mm. uh, from a, a, a fortunate man, uh, play the two uh, leads in this uh, movie. Now, they play Carsten and his wife Maggie, um, and they are hungry for great food and even hungrier for a Michelin star right. uh, that will assure the success of their restaurant and recognise their achievements. So the two are a power couple uh, in the Danish gourmet scene and they'll risk everything in their relentless pursuit of perfect- perfection. Um, and from their first meeting, uh, they are eventually confronted by a uh, sour betrayal that leads to a heated Climax, mm. and the film. Uh, there's, there's a, in the early stages of the film. Uh, there's a, a scene where they look like they're just about to have sex in a bathroom. That was v- icky. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, but I, I, whenever I see stuff like that in movies, I'm like, gross. I well, it, it is like the actual like the 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 thought of actually doing that is is really horrible. But the thought of being so pent up that you must go and have sex in the nearest possible place, even though it is a icky, horrible place, uh, that that's kind of like that that heat, that that intensity. I mean, that is, I guess that is kind of sexy. I do remember um, deciding to watch. Uh, we, we've talked about this probably either on Tangent City or maybe here in Oh goodness. Am I going to go there? I, I, I watched Debbie Does Dallas or at least the first, like, ten minutes of it and went, ew, they're having sex on a bathroom floor. That's not comfortable. Mm. Um, and turned it off. Yeah. So. <laughs> so comfort is your main, the main important thing in you, for you in Oh, turn. that really sounds depressing, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, at, at my age. Uh, no. Um, oh, I don't like just, this sex. I could do with a few more cushions. <laughs> just not on a bathroom floor. I just don't think it's. I don't. I don't know. You'd really want it to be like quite warm as well. You want to make sure it or is bathroom floor under underfloor heating. Yes. On yep. the, so you don't like you know, put your bum on it and go. Oh, that's really cold. Because mm. um, that would be it might break the moment. You know. Yes. So, but yeah, I, I had a friend once um, who confessed that she. I was like, "What's that on your back?" And she said, "Oh, it's a carpet burn." And I'm like, "How'd you get that?" And uh, yeah. Bit old rumpy pumpy <laughs> on the carpet. So yeah, so uh, if we've learned anything tonight, it's uh, you know uh, Rachel prefers uh, throw cushions. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, now, all right. So uh, the, yeah, the, the there's a lot of heated stuff in there. Like mm. the, these two are just oozing with with 
sexuality. Uh, and they're, they're really, they, the whole um, food thing is very, um, is, is very sexual. Mm. Uh, but they do have two kids and everything like that. And the, the film is tracing their relationship, like from when they first met, where he's catering a, a party and he's like very like, no, no, the food must be done like this. And, and you know, uh, I don't care if people don't like the, the, the food. I'm not serving what they want kind of thing. Oh. So he's very, very much arrogant. A, He's a chef. Um, I was just going to say, he's, he's a chef. Yeah. Uh, Sorry to all those chefs out there. <laughs> I have worked with a lot of you and I feel like I have uh, I have the right to say yeah. that. But they, they make uh, a lot of nice looking food and stuff like that. So do eat before you go to see this film because you do not want to be hungry no. while watching a film like this. Um, but it was, it was good, but uh, it is fairly predictable where things are going. Um, but, uh, yeah, because it's, it's one of the things that you these people who look like they're in the world's best relationship and then, uh, you know, a spanner is thrown into the works and it's, um, basically a, a story about, you know, even though you can be very focused on a goal, you've still got to like focus on the relationship as well, uh, as you know, the, the goal that you're, you're, you're looking at. Mm. Um, so it was, um. Like, I loved it. I think I think it's a great film, and it's just like if you like films about uh, chefs and cooking, and you know uh, people who are really passionate and have a you know focus, then it's a great film to go and see. And seeing um, Nicolja, oh, God, I just wish I knew how to pronounce his right name properly. <laughs> um, seeing him in a role that's not only not an English speaking role, but obviously it's in his native tongue, so. Yeah. It's just it was just really interesting because obviously the only thing I'd really seen him from was Game of Thrones, mm. so to see him in a different role it was it was great, um, but yeah it's a it's a really interesting film uh, it's I think it's very much worth a, a watch and it is um, screening now at the Lunar Lunar on Essex I'm assuming as well, um, and uh, yeah I would give this one um, for. What do I give it for? I was going to say octopus. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. And if you go and see the film, you will understand what I'm talking about. Because if you'd seen the poster and saw, and I said octopi, you would also make sense of that because there's a giant octopus on um, on Mr's arm. Which is why you probably assumed it was all about a flesh-eating octopus that was (laughs) devouring this poor man. Oh, that poor, poor Mm. man. Um, I think one of the best films in the last few years that I've seen um, in relation to like, I don't know, being stuck in a a kitchen or like cooking was a movie called Boiling Point and it's got um, Stephen Graham in it and I think it featured in last year's British Film Festival and it was one of those, you know how everyone said 1917 was filmed in one shot Mm, and technically mm. wasn't? Boiling Point was. and they did four walkthroughs and it was just before everything shut down for COVID. So um, they only, ha- they yeah, didn't have many goes at it, but it was very intense and very, very well made. I bring this up because the British Film Festival is coming to Perth, starts on the 19th of October and goes into, I think, the second week of November um, or about the 16th of November, I believe it is. And there's heaps to choose from. You've got documentaries and, like, there's a documentary called Quintessentially British, which I've... um, 
got a screener for and, you know, it is kind of a documentary about what you think it is. Oh. Things that are quintessentially British. Well, I'd like to watch that. Yes. Um, there's also, I've talked about um, a film that I'm very excited to see, which is... Um, it's featured on the front cover, or not the front cover, the, um, what would you call that? The cover? Thank you. <laughs> I was close. Oh, goodness me. Tongue tied. Um, but it is called The Lost King and um, it's, I, I talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm very excited to see mm. that. Steve Coogan vehicle um, and um, I, why Why is your name escaping me, my wonderful lady? Um, but basically it... it follows the story of um, the, you know, they found the bones of a king, king underneath. Richard. Yeah, King the Richard underneath a Richard car park. III, yeah, was. Richard the yeah. Third. Um, so this is uh, about uh, Sally Hawkins uh, plays the titular role right. um, or the, the main role. She gets obsessed with this idea of why is there no burial ground or no grave for King Richard the Third um, and... You just watch it unfold. Um, but there's there's heaps of really quirky little films uh, to watch and um, I believe Fisherman Friends 2, they did like a bit of a screening the other day and um, it was very well received. Because so. the, the Fisherman's Friend uh, was about that guy, the, the guys doing sea shanties. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. And, and it, it did very well. Yeah. Um, I, I'm keen to see the Banshees of... Inishrin, which is from the the makers of the of in Bruges, yeah. with with the two guys in it, uh, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. So it looks very funny, but it's only showing one day. There's at, at all four That's- places: Luna Leadville, Luna on Essex. Palace Rain Square and Windsor Cinemas all on Saturday the 29th. Guarantee that's going to get a theatrical release. I would guarantee that. See, the good thing about the British Film Festival is that a lot of these films will get a, a bigger release later on in the year or early next year. So Because the good one time about to the Lady Go to Paris is, is in the British Film Festival as well. Yeah, that is getting a proper release. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs Harris yeah. Goes to Paris um, <laughs> about a, a cleaner who in the 50s goes to Paris to buy... Uh, a Dior dress with some money she she comes into. Nice so. bit of rhyming there. Yeah, a bit of rhyming. I like that. Love a bit of rhyming. Here's the thing, right? So, um, apologies for any <laughs> British people who are watching it all or listening. Yeah. You're not watching. If you're watching, that's really creepy. I don't know how you're watching us. Um, I've been watching Ghosts, not the with the pottery, right? Mm-hmm. The British TV comedy show Ghosts, uh, and I've been binge watching it. For the last three days. Um, so, yeah. Um, Hence the accent. It's so freaking funny. Um, I was going to talk about a movie, but I think I'm just going to go straight into talking about Ghost's uh, really sh- um, short little priest synopsis. You've got a, a married couple. Um, the wife, um, Alison, inherits a really old estate um, that she's kind of she's kind of on the outer. She's not really part of the family, but the person who was um, living there had no heirs, basically. So she ends up inheriting this home that is completely falling apart. It's not really a home. It's like a really big mansion-type thing. Um, think Downton Abbey, except it's like really 
decrepit and uh, needs lots and lots of work. So on top of that, there's a whole bunch of ghosts. Um, so an incident occurs and Alison can see all the ghosts and her husband cannot and comedy ensues. She's played by Charlotte Ritchie and every single time now I watch a British comedy, she's in it. Well, here's the thing. This is um, – it's funny that I talked about Steve Coogan before because Ghosts is um, co-created and co-written by um, – uh, what's his name? Simon Farnaby, who owns the produ- uh, production company with Steve Coogan, um, and so he is—he acts in this film as well. But there's a lot of the cast um, were featured in Horrible Histories, which is like that kids' show mm-hmm. um, where they look at history and it's a little bit funny. Make it entertaining. Yeah, make it entertaining. It's rather funny. It deals with lots of different mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um, this is really hilarious. The episodes are short. There's four seasons, um, three of which are on Stan, which is why I've been binge-watching it. Um, I'm almost through season two. Um, I have a feeling it might be on ABC, iView or um, SBS I think, but not on all demand. Of it, like a bit of it. Because the four seasons only just come out um, in September, mm. I think. So I'm sure you'll be able to get your hands on it somehow. <laughs> uh, do you have a, f- a favourite character? Uh I, I kind of like the scout leader with the arrow through his head. I do enjoy him. He's also in oh, sex so education. Arrow through his neck, not his head. It's yes, through his, through, his, yeah. through his neck, yeah. yes. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. And the thing with, with ghosts is, is that uh, because this building has been there for centuries, like a lot of British buildings have been there for centuries, mm. the ghosts are from different periods of time throughout British history. And so you get to see these uh, people these people from different times interacting with each other um it's a really good concept so i mean you couldn't really do something like this say in australia or america because our history only is like you know uh, over 200 years old america is a bit longer than that so maybe you can get away with it well the, our history is a lot longer it's just that white history is, what, yes. is only 200 years that's old. that's right because the history of australia as in mm-hmm. like you know the the country australia yeah uh, but yeah, obviously you could go back a lot further than that so yeah do you and in I fact, don't they, know they, if they, indigenous um, ghosts exist. True. They just probably go on to a better place. Yeah. They're like, I'm not sticking around here. Yeah. And in this, there is actually a caveman ghost. Yes. So yes. it does go way back. It, it does indeed. Um, uh, I think there is an American version though. There is because I went searching on IMDb and realised that they have recre- recreated this um, in America. So a bit disappointing, but you know. It's probably funny. Uh, my favourite character is Mary. Uh, she She's the one who was a witch and was burned at the stake. Yeah. She doesn't really want to talk about it. Um, anyway, um, now that I've talked about that, uh, Robot Chicken is also on there. I didn't realise that this TV series was still going because I used to be into it big time like a couple of years mm. ago. Um, and I think there's been times where there's been like three years between seasons and everything, but they have released seasons up until like this year. So um, I decided to get back into it and see what it was like because, you know, the episodes are only 11 minutes long. Mm. Um, I think it's lost its like humour oh, really? for me. Yeah. And I don't think they're not doing anything different. It's the same it's, as it was. Um, I think it's just been there, done that like... It's not all that funny. Um, but I do need to watch a few more episodes because I can see they parody uh, The Labyrinth and Handmaiden's Tale. So ah. I need to see which things I, I want to watch and just select a couple before um, the end of the week. 
Fair enough. Mm. Um, but we might have another sponsor break and uh, I will review gold after that and Lewis will review something else. Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So let's get into some Halloween-y things. Yes, we shall do that. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kyle Richards. These are the only two people I know are in Halloween Ends. <laughs> Um, and that is my review because I haven't seen it. Excellent. Um, I've only seen one Halloween. It was the original. That was enough for me. Well, see, the thing is, like with, with Halloween, you could watch that original 1978 film and then you could jump straight to Halloween that came out in 2019, I think it was. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I think it was 2019, because we're 22 now, so it was 19, 20, 21. Well, I was either 19 or 20, but... The, the, Math is hard. Yeah, the, the trilogy of the, the Halloween films uh, came out very quickly in succession. So there was Halloween, uh, and then Halloween Kills came out last year, and now we've got Halloween Ends. Um, so they, they really did, like, knock these out very, very quickly. Um in Halloween, the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis comes back as Laurie Sh- Strode, and uh, she is uh, like an alcoholic. Um, oh dear! She's like you know very like just you know not not loving life. Um, she's estranged from her daughter and a granddaughter, um, and and life is not going well. Uh, meanwhile, Michael Myers uh, has been in a sanitarium ever since that first film. Right. So, you know, he killed a bunch of people, stabby, 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 mm-hmm. uh, and then he goes into the sanitarium and then he's there and then there's a reporter, I think, like, you know, doing a report on him. He ends up getting out of said sanitarium, not, I don't think, through, uh, you know, legal means, I think through uh, breaking out um, and goes on a stabby, stabby, stabby rampage. Isn't that what happens in the first one, the first, like, original from the 70s? Doesn't he escape from an asylum in the first one? I'm not sure. I've, I've, I've not uh, seen that one in a very long time and I cannot um, recall. Um, if so Cecilia was here, she would tell she us. She would know. She would know. She's our encyclopedia for the horror films. She is. Um, so in this film, uh, it's basically, you know, 40 years later, uh, Laurie's, um, you know, older and uh, and she's, uh, you know, uh, set up a building to basically capture uh, Mike Myers in, not the uh, guy from Cat in the Hat, but... <laughs> The stabby stabby one, um, and Cat in the Hat is your specific reference for Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> for Mike Myers, I would have gone Austin Powers, but okay, keep Cat going. Cat in the Hat was funnier, uh, <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, she basically sets up a house so that she can trap him in the basement, set the place on fire, and kill Michael Myers once and for all. Um, that doesn't work though, because in the second film, Halloween Kills, uh, as Laurie's being taken to hospital because yeah, she's in not very good condition, uh, a ambulance passes her on the street. Not an ambulance, a fire Fire truck bus on the street. She's like, no, don't save him. Let him burn. <laughs> but, 
they're stupid, and so they go and they put out the fire. They're just doing their job, yeah. man. Yeah, and they save Mike Michael Myers. Uh, uh, again, uh, Mike Myers, uh, the one from the Stabby Stabby, uh, <laughs> uh, not the one from Honey, I Married an Axe Murderer. Um, <laughs> good, good reference. <laughs> now, so in that, that film, he goes he goes uh, nuts and stabs everyone, including uh, Laurie's daughter. So in the her granddaughter in the first Halloween film uh, of this this new trilogy uh her granddaughter's dad gets taken out in the second film her mum gets taken out uh leaving her an orphan which oh. is horrible horrible thing about but this is a halloween film so you know you'd be forgiven now uh, just like disney the parents are going to die at some point yes yeah now that, that film it was a, a mob thing it was kind of like people rising up you know just like hamilton to take <laughs> out mike myers uh but um they fail miserably uh mike myers stabby 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 kills everyone uh and then uh laurie finds out her daughter's dead uh, at the end of the film and you think you would think the next film would take place straight away laurie gets out of a bed she goes and kicks some michael myers butt to the point where he's not coming back and this is halloween the end but the film Halloween End is set four years after the last encounter with the uh, mask killer Michael Myers. Um, Laurie Strode is living with her granddaughter and trying to finish her memoirs. Myers hasn't been seen since and Laurie decides to liberate herself from her rage and fear and embrace life. However, when a young man stands accused of murdering a boy that he was babysitting, it ignites a cascade of violence and terror that forces Laurie to confront the evil that she can't control. Mm. Now, Halloween ends, like, you know, to me, they were building up to something epic. Something just like, you know, classic confrontation. Monster versus the victim. And the victim's going to kick the monster's butt. But ah. it's really anticlimactic. And I don't know why they they thought, yep, this is a good idea. Let's do this. It's kind of like you've got a film called Halloween. Michael Mike Myers is the main character. That's, you know, Mike Myers of, of Stabby Stabby, uh, not uh, Mike Myers of Wayne's World. Well done. You're going so well <laughs> mentioning as many films of his as possible. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, it's just... Like I, I enjoyed, like uh, you know, I enjoyed seeing, uh, you know, the the Laurie Strode character on screen. Jamie Lee Curtis is brilliant, and I will watch her until the cows come home, mm. uh, and then go cows like Jamie Lee Curtis too. Nice, <laughs> um, and it, yeah, it's it just she's great. Uh, but the track they go down here, it's like. It's like the evil, the influence of evil over this oh. young boy who, uh, you know, killed this kid. And it's just like, this is a movie where I wanted to see the guy in the Shatner mask, mm. you know, and the guy in the Shatner mask is not in this movie very much. What? And it's like, it is not the Michael Myers we're used to seeing. You know, it's... So I'm, I take it you were disappointed. I was disappointed. Mm. Um, I mean, this this is like a conclusion of a film. Like, it's called Halloween Ends. And I'm not spoiling anything. It's called Halloween Ends, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're not left uh, at the end of it just going, I wonder if he'll be back. It's kind of like it's very clear he won't be back. But they just did a balls-up job mm. of finishing him off. 
like finishing off the series. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I really just like, no, I don't get it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I am going to give uh, Halloween ends um, two and a half pieces of glass in the hand. Oh, yes. Oh, that sounds like it hurts. Because. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Can I ask, Kyle Richards is in this and a lot of people these days know her as one of the real housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, Can she act? Because she was in the original Halloween back in the day as the kid that was getting babysat. Uh, Now she's obviously all grown up and I think her character's name is uh, Lindsay Wallace or something. Right. So I don't know how much she's in it. Um, but d- d- can she act? I'm not sure. I think she might have been the, the character who was going out, who was having an affair with a doctor and gets a promotion. Wow. Why is that even in a... Okay. Yep. Cool. Well, you know, because sex. People have sex and then they die. Or <sighs> in this case, people don't have sex and then they die. Right. But, um, yeah, I think that could have been her character. But she had, like, red hair and stuff, so I'm not 100% sure. No, I don't think – I don't I – don't, uh, no, I, I don't believe that's um, Kyle Richards. Uh, but then again, I, I, I think who – you might just be mixing her up um, – this chick here, Lindsay Wallace. See, she's second yeah, on the... Yeah, no, no, I've got a picture of her here. Oh. Yeah, but, yeah, no, it's... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I, oh. I, uh, she, if she was uh, in it, uh, she left no impact on me whatsoever. <laughs> good or bad. So, I mean, yeah. you know, that's that could be good. Okay, um, now, to go from a film that... Uh, I would just wait until it's on a streaming service to, uh, you know, basically tick the Halloween box mm-hmm. um, to a film where I think you should go and slap your money down on the table going, show me this picture, I want to see this film, please, now, thank you, and I'll have a chock top. <laughs> um, and that film is... Mo- from Luna, obviously, because they make the best ones. They do. They really do. I had a banana one the other week. Ooh, nice. <laughs> um Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. Uh, it is a uh, thriller slash fantasy uh, that is out now um, uh, and it is an absolutely amazing film. Now, the uh, the film, we see a lot of films about people with powers, you know, uh, superheroes and, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, but in uh, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon, uh, Jung... Uh, Jong Seo uh, is the main uh, actress who plays Mona Lisa, and she wakes up. What well, does she wake up? She she's been in a uh, mental institution for twelve years. Uh, I'm assuming since you know moving from Korea to America, she's been in an institution, and I'm not sure whether she's always had these powers there or if the powers somehow uh, you know activated in her due to the blood moon or if the fact that there's a blood moon is just coincidental to the story. But it does make a very cool backdrop when you see it. Um, but she gets these powers where she can uh, control people's movements with her mind. So she will control your movements and you will do what she says, but you're still cognizant of what's going on. So it's kind of like, why is my hand moving? Why is my hand grabbing my gun? Why is my hand pointing the gun to my head? So, which is, which is a very scary thing to think that you literally lose control of your body because she can control what you're doing. Um, uh, Voldemort, definitely. You, that's an unforgivable um, curse in, in Harry Potter. That's mm. right. So, she 
realizes she's got this power and there's this horrible um, like nurse who is there just treating her poorly, which is a very clear sign that she's going to get very, very screwed up. Um, and so uh, Mona Lisa escapes the, the asylum. Uh, she goes out into the real world and she interacts with people for the first time. And she comes across a guy uh, at a convenience store and you, th- you think this guy is like, going to take advantage of her but obviously she's always in control of the situation because of her powers um she's also being um tracked down by a police officer played by craig robertson and uh and then she runs into a a stripper played by kate hudson uh who's got a, a young boy and some people take advantage of her other people like are trying to look out for her but it's a real story about don't judge a book by its cover mm. but it is uh, you know it's an hour and 46 minutes long but there's not a, a moment of wasted space in this film it's the characters are really just fully formed uh, it's very like intense and interesting film and you just want her to get out just escape just you know, do her thing. Mm. And um, it, it's just, I, I, I can't recommend people go and see this film enough. It was just so good. It was like something I hadn't seen before. The use of that kind of power, I haven't seen used in this context before. Uh, and even though it is a like fantastical film, it's still very, very, very grounded. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon is the kind of film I'm going to be getting on like 4K Blu-ray. Oh, and wow. Sitting people down and going... Watch this. Put your phone down. No, don't put your phone down. Phone to turn it off. Put it in the toilet. Uh, but <laughs> it's the kind of film I want you to sit down. I want you to watch it. I want you to just experience the film. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give this bad boy uh, five bags of uh, I think I don't know if flaming hot Cheetos, but there was some sort of cheesy snack. Right. See this film. Okay. See this film. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. What are you doing? I've told you go see it. I'm busy. Okay, fair enough. I'm I'm like talking into a microphone right now. <laughs> um, I saw a movie on Stan uh, called Gold, mm. um, or named Gold, and it's it was an Australian production that happened. Um, in Adelaide during the pandemic. Adelaide was one of the first, uh, the Premier was very excited to say they were the first kind of place to, to get back on track with <laughs> making films I think you were going to say the, the first place to excited to get COVID. <laughs> Look at us, we're a big city, we've got COVID. No, it wasn't that. No, no, okay, no. no. Um, so this film um, is uh, written and directed by Anthony Hayes, who is an Australian actor, writer, director, basically can do anything kind of guy. Um, And this film, uh, it stars Zac Efron, who basically is in virtually every scene. Um, It's set in a... It starts out basically on screen. It says, some place, sometime, not near... Not far from now, basically. So it doesn't give you a specific, like, where it is... Um, but it's basically saying it is kind of shortly in the future. We've really screwed the pooch with the climate. Um, you get that. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Zac Efron's character, uh, he's he's on a, a – he actually doesn't have a name. He's just called Man 1. Mm. Um, and Anthony Hayes plays Man 2. Um, and Susie Porter is is also in it and she is called The Stranger. So they don't have proper names. Um, 
So man one, Zac Efron, is on a train in the middle of nowhere, uh, deserty sort of Australia thing, um, gets off at some random nowhere place. There's nothing around and he's holding onto a flyer um, and he's supposed to be going to this place to make it rich, like spend four months here and life will be sweet, right? Um, it, it's a bit of a mystery as to what it is that he's going to, um, but he, he gets picked up by man two, uh, Anthony Hayes, <clears throat> in this beat-up ute and they have to drive to this place that they're going to. But on the way, um, the ute breaks down and Zac Efron's character goes for a pee and discovers the biggest piece of gold ever known to man. Um, so gigantic, you, wow. you know, so big. And they start trying to dig it out and obviously it's just way too big to be dug out. So um, man two's like, leave it with me. I will go and grab um, an excavator. You stay here and guard the gold. But be careful of the dogs. Um, you might go a little bit insane. People go out insane in here. Just be careful. Um, and so this isn't based on a true story then? <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> no, because it said it was set sometime in the near future. Right. Um, well, so, I don't know what's going to happen in the near future. <laughs> um, well, Anthony Hayes doesn't either, but he's written a movie about it. Fair um, it's It kind of, you know, unfolds from where from there. Man 1 kind of does go a little bit insane. There are these dogs that are constantly trying to attack him, so he has to set up fires to make sure they don't. Um, he's also trying to you know, hide the gold. This stranger comes along and he's like, you know, combative with her and um, you kind of don't know what reality is and what's in his head. So he's also really messed up in the face. Like he, he gets asked what happened to your face and he never answers it. Um, and then throughout the movie he just gets more and more messed up because he's got sandstorms happening and whatever. And by the end he kind of looks a little bit like a zombie. So um, when I started watching this film, it came out this year, it's a new film, um, I was like, oh, man, another apocalyptic film. I don't know if I'm going to get into this. Like, oh, it's going to bore me. Um and I was sucked in, like, re- relatively quickly. It's a relatively short film because mm. with stuff like that, you need it to be short. Um, it's really interesting and, and leaves you with questions that I would love to, like, dig into with somebody. So um, it is on Stan. It has come out this year. Um, it's an Australian production. So it's it's interesting. Um, it. I think it cost six million or something, and it definitely did not make its money back. Um, but these things happen. Um, I am going to give it oh, um, four and a half um, crashed airplanes. Excellent. Mm. Well, we should go to a, the last fra- the last ad, and then come back and do some really quick Halloween stuff. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So, um, Halloween-y stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just a heads up, the last film I watched was Nitrum, which came out, I think, last year or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have, you've seen that, haven't you? I have, yes. Oh, God. That's not, that's not Halloween. That's just like... That's, I kind of wish it wasn't made. Mm. Uh, it's about the the massacre that happened in Tasmania, but it's the, the stuff leading mm-hmm. up to it. Um, 
and it was kind of really why did you watch unsettling. That? Um, I think because I had heard that it was controversial and. I don't know. I there was something about it that was interesting to me, um, but I mean, if if you're not into that stuff, just avoid it because it's not that it's a terrible movie. It's really interesting, um, but the victims of of that crime were not um, were not consulted at all, and they they certainly I don't think glorify um, mm, mm. that particular person's crime or him or make him out to be a hero or anything. It's just. Um, I don't know. It was just too disturbing. It was very disturbing. It's, and like, you know, going into it, like you don't really know, you go into it not knowing what it's about. Yeah. And then it's going to dawn on you at some point mm. what it's actually about. Yeah. Um, Un- unless you're like me and you were told what it was about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I, I didn't know what it was about. Mm. Um, and, and then I went, oh, 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 yeah. okay. When did right. you work that out? Um, when he was buying the guns or when he got there? No, no, when he was buying the guns. Like, I, I kind of realised what was happening yeah. like as the film progressed. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's not a film for a lot of people. No. Um, and it, it can be very triggering as well. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. But, yeah, but so, let's talk about some uh, light-hearted Halloween right. stuff. Because it is, it is Halloween. So um, my wife Kat and I decided that we were going to watch uh, Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus 2 because mm. uh, I don't know if I've ever actually seen the original Hocus Pocus before um, and I was interested in seeing them both. So we, we watched them and uh, I mean most people would be familiar with uh, Hocus Pocus where you've got the um, the Sanderson sisters uh, who are uh, some witches uh, that w- w- from Salem and they, uh, you know, eat... Um, they eat children, but they don't. They're not like. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, they kill them first. They, 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 they drain their their essence. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. That's, so, yeah. so it's been they, a while since yeah, I've seen it. They drain their essence. It makes them young, and and it's all good. So in the first Hocus Pocus films, uh, film, they you know it started in the past, and then they uh, you know died, and then it came to the future. Somebody released them into uh, the modern world, which was in '93, mm. and it was all a you know thing about you know capturing them and you know stopping them from you know killing the children and taking their essence and blah 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 but the the thing is that makes it good is it's Bette Midler Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy and Jimmy who play the three Sanderson sisters and they are amazing mm. they are really really good um and uh, it's it's a cult classic. It's just one of those things that a lot of people watch over and over and over again. And it's just it, today it's still very very watchable. So yeah. I'd recommend watching it. But the fact that they made uh, twenty nine years later Hocus Pocus two, and I think it was you know Bette Midler that kind of like you know pushed to have this film made. Um, Good honor. And it's just uh, it's just another fun. Uh, jaunt with the Sanderson sisters in the current times. Uh, so you get to see, you know, how they react to things like, you know, further down the track. And it was interesting because uh, Kathy Najimi, um, she holds her mouth to the left side. Oh, yeah, And yeah. has this crooked, like, you know, Mouth looks to her mouth, but in the new film she can't do that because it's too much pain to do that uh, for her. Yeah. She does it the right side, and oh. and they cover that with a uh, Bette Miller slapping her at one point. Oh. <laughs> um, but it was just um, 
It's fantastic. And Sarah Jessica Parker, like particularly the first film, uh, she it's my favourite thing I've ever seen her in. And I just, you know, loved that character to death. And Kat was like, if this was nineteen ninety three and you know, Harley Quinn had been you know, invented then, she would have been the perfect Harley Quinn to have mm. in a Batman film. Yeah. Um I think Harley Quinn was actually created around the same time, uh, but not the the kind of version we're seeing now, the Batman the Animated Series. Mm. That's where she was created. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, Hocus Pocus 2 is just more fun, uh, modern take on the, the material, and I hope that we get to see uh, more of the Sanderson sisters in future films. I think if Bette Midler's got anything to do with it, we will. So, <laughs> um, And the last film we saw um, was a Marvel uh, MCU uh, short film uh, called Werewolf by Night. Oh, I thought that was a TV series. I don't know why I thought it was a movie, no, uh, a TV a, series. It's a short film... But yeah, you could because it's released on Disney Plus. You could be uh, forgiven for thinking it was a uh, a TV series, right? So there's only one episode, uh, so it's 52 minutes long. Uh, so it's not a not a slog for anyone. Um, it's a, the story of uh, Ulysses Bloodstone who has died, and the Bloodstone is a like a source of power, mm. and he invites these killers from uh, all over the world to come to compete for his Bloodstone, and they've got to um, uh, you know hunt down and kill the creature that he's captured. And the creature he's captured is something that any Marvel Comics fan is very uh, aware of uh, and I'm not going to tell you who it is. Mm. Uh, I think you've got to watch this movie to find out. But uh, Werewolf by Night is a Marvel character who's got a, a long history and was... Um, Jack Russell is the, the character's name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, is he bitey and small? Yeah, and he he turns into the, the the werewolf by night, and this this is phenomenal. This is one of the best things Marvel has done. This wow, that's is, that's that's a big call. It, it, this is like filmmaking at its at its best. They've taken the elements of you know nineteen twenties and thirties, uh, you know, silent kind of horror films, oh. or, or, or the the period of time between the silent after the silent films into the um, uh, the the talkies, mm-hmm. like Bella Lugosi kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and it's just it's 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 just visceral. There's some violence in it, but when you see blood splatter because it's all done in black and white, it's not graphic. Right. Um, it's just it, not a kids safe film though. It's t- uh, TV fourteen, so oh, okay. it's more for your your. If your kids are like late, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12, uh, into teenagers, uh, safe as houses. Mm. If they're younger than that, they might find things a bit scary. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely uh, Werewolf by Night. Uh, I'm going to give that uh, five bloodstones. Absolutely fantastic. Lovely. Um, well, that's pretty much it. I know you've been watching Andor and enjoying it as oh. well. but um, And last episode of She-Hawks tonight. Uh-huh. Very good. Um, and, but we are going to get out of here and we'll be back next week. Um, I'm actually not 100% sure what we've got to talk about, but I'm hoping to have a couple of um, reviews for some British films um, happening at the British Film Festival. Not too many screeners this year, but I am trying to get my hands on some. Excellent. So we will be back next week. If you're listening live, stay tuned for Quizzy. Um, If you're listening to the podcast, please do all those things, review it, tell a friend, subscribe, or I don't know. Can you subscribe? I think so. Yeah, you you, 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 you subscribe, yeah, to the podcast. Yeah. 
join us on Gentlemen of Pop Culture and have a look at our other podcasts, uh, Tangent City and Diz Down Under. We'll catch it next week. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.